Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm delighted to go live inside the bubble. He's on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Is a, a longtime friend, the outstanding voice of the NBA on ESPN and ABC, and has been calling the Knicks forever. And I said yesterday, he's he's the most underappreciated great announcer in America. And he's so humble that he won't like my saying that. Mike Breen is with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Hello, Mike. I, I, need, I need to start with with the most sincere thank you because I, I heard what you said and I was a, a little embarrassed but unbelievably flattered. So, my dear old friend, thank you, thank you very much for those kind words. And uh, I'm 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 well, thank you. Uh, you. You do you do a terrific job and you call very little attention to yourself. And you were very nice to my kids when I brought them over to meet you at the garden. So, you know, you, you, See, that's you, the key. That's the key. Yeah. You're just you're nice to somebody's kids and their friends for life. So. But I, I'll tell everyone a quick story. We'll get into all the NBA in a second, I promise. But when when I when we met you, with, with, I was with my, my two kids and my daughter was a senior in high school at the time. And you were talking to her about going off to college. And then you were describing how I was going to react and you sort of acted out the way I was going to cry upon her departure. And I can tell you now that that has happened, that it was an extremely accurate depiction of my reaction to her departure. So that that was an experience unlike any other. Yes. Well, I had been through it myself, become a blubbering fool. But it was it's also a beautiful moment. I'm sure it was for you and your daughter. It was. Well, let, let, let me let me get to another beautiful moment that you actually painted on television just two days ago. Finney Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up. Three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! So the double bang, which LeBron himself pointed out. And, and so let me just ask you, take us to that moment. You see it developing right in front of you. T- tell us what it is like to be the person in front of the microphone on a moment that you know is going to live forever. Well, the the emotions of, of a play like that is, is cumulative from from what went on the whole game, and that's what that's what the buildup is. Um, I, I told this story um, during a timeout in the second quarter. I turned to Jeff because we we before the game we were begging for a good game. We had a terrible game the night before. Please give us a close game. And and uh, all of a sudden, the Clippers are up 21. Porzingis is not playing. Uh, Doncic has the ankle injury, and we're thinking, oh, it's another bad game. And we even speculated they might even just sit him down now for the rest of the way because why why further hurt the ankle in a game that they're going to get blown out? So that's the mindset, and then all of a sudden it just slowly starts to turn. And then then this young man starts making one incredible play after another when it's clear that the defense is, is trying to stop him, but it it can't. Um, so that that was part of it. And then when they blew the lead, you know, they came back, went ahead, then they lost the lead, then it goes to overtime. It just was this emotional roller coaster. And to see this this guy in his fourth playoff game, his just fourth NBA playoff game, uh, with such poise, uh, be able to hit a, such a key shot like that 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 you know people are going to remember in Dallas for a long, long time. So that's what goes into it. And when the actual call comes, it just you know, I, I just love the game so much, and to see a, a, a great play like that, I get I get super excited. I'm like that when I'm sitting at home on the couch and somebody <laughs> hits a big play. So uh, um, I was glad that I, I thought I sounded a little bit like a screaming fool, but I, I was glad that uh, 
you know, it was such an exciting game for us and for the fans. Anything but. You sounded great, and, and it was a moment that will be remembered a lot further than just Dallas. So let me ask you this. You've been calling basketball a long time. You've seen so many great moments. Where does that performance, take, taking everything into account that you just pointed out, how young he is, his fourth all-time playoff game, he's playing on the ankle, he's playing without his best teammate, and he's playing against what is supposed to be probably the best defensive team in the NBA with all that as the backdrop, where does that performance stack up amongst some of the great ones you've seen? It, it, it was one of the great ones of all time. Now, can I say it's number six or number seven or number four or number nine? I can't do that, but without question it is. And, and the other thing too, that goes with it is if they lose that game, okay, now it's three, one, they're, they're probably toast. So that's with all the other things that, that you and I have said about, you know, uh, the particulars leading up to it, to have have it mean such an important game to tie a series and keep their their season very much alive, that just added to it. And and you know, you look at him. There's sometimes on the court he looks like he's about 15 when he starts walking up and smiling. Uh, but he is just you know, UB used to always say there's a handful of players over time he calls them assassins. This this kid is an assassin when he wants to get somewhere on the floor. And the beauty of it is he doesn't have the great athleticism or the, the superb quickness to get there. He just has the guile and the savvy. It's uh, it's so much fun to watch him play. Mike Breen with me on ESPN Radio. I saw the news. I'm not sure you've seen it. I'm not sure what you're doing down there right now. But that Porzingis has been ruled out for tonight's Game 5. And I had Brian Winhorst about a half hour ago. And he said that's particularly troubling because – one of the reasons that the Knicks traded him to Dallas, as they did, was just general concern about his long-term ability to stay healthy at his size. Um, and, and so I just wonder, with that thought in mind, how much of a concern would you describe it as that he has got this knee now and this will be the second postseason game? From from a long-term standpoint, the Mavericks looked that they could be setting themselves up to be a tremendous team in the years to come. How would you describe the concern relative to his ability to stay healthy? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be crazed about it yet. Uh, you know, it's not the same knee that he had the surgery on, and, and he tore when he was with the Knicks. You know, there are a lot of players that are dealing with sore knees right now after going all that time of uh, inactivity and not playing, uh, and now come back quickly. I, I think. I think it's a fairly uh, frequent thing with a lot of teams. You know, the level of soreness to whether or not you can play or not. But I, I think a lot of guys are having the soreness stuff. So, I wouldn't be that concerned. But, you know, clearly anybody of that size, and I remember Phil Jackson saying that, um, and, and people were shocked that he said it because he's, you know, he's the one that picked Porzingis, but he said he was concerned about his long-term health, anybody that size. Uh, but the way they, they treat them now, I think they do err on the side of caution. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's just a minor thing that, that he's going to be able to get past, and, and hopefully he can play game six. All right, we've got Mike Breen with me here. Let's talk about LeBron and the Lakers. They looked that they figured this thing out after needing one postseason game, to, I, I think, to sort of charge up their motors based upon having not really played a meaningful game since March. They've looked sensational. Last night they just blew the doors off of Portland. As you look at all, the way these playoffs have begun with some surprising results so far in this first round, do you see the Lakers right now as the favorite? Not one of the favorites, but not. I wouldn't put them ahead of the Clippers. I wouldn't put them ahead of the Bucks. Uh, even right now, the way they're playing, I, I don't know if I would put them ahead of of uh, Toronto or Boston. I think I think this the bubble is a great equalizer. Um, 
because it's it's such an unknown, Mike. And, you know, there's so many things that go into success down here. And a lot of it is just the human element. You know, some players are dealing with having no fans extremely well. Other ones, and they've talked about it, um, say it's just, it's so bizarre. It's such a strange feeling. And it's something they're still getting used to. Then you have other players who are, you know, miss their, their wife and kids like you wouldn't believe. You might have a player who misses his dog and is, is, is so lonely without, without his pet. Some players, again, they're dealing with it extremely well. And others, it's, it's just different. And, and it's hard to predict and it's hard to gauge. And I think that's why we're seeing the, the, the uh, disparity in performances, even from the elite teams. So it's it's um, it's just it, I find it so fascinating and so intriguing because they're overcoming or trying to overcome things that they never thought would be even part of their NBA life. Um, but to, that's a long, long winded answer of your question of the Lakers are still one of the favorites. <laughs> uh, but I think the gap is narrowed. No, but, but actually, that's a fascinating question to me, because. To the credit, the endless credit of the people who put this plan together and of all of you putting it on television for us and for Turner and for everybody else, the experience of watching these games at home, I'm telling you, Mike, has been very close to a normal experience. The way they've handled the crowd noise and all the rest of it, it doesn't feel that different. How different is it actually in the arena from a normal game? I don't mean from the standpoint of broadcasting it, but but for the players, just how different is the environment from what they're used to, and what effect do you think it's having on the players themselves? Well, the, the effect part is it's all individual-based. I mean, again, some some guys, doesn't matter where they're playing, what the situation, whether there's nobody in the park and they're playing or there's 20,000 people in an arena. But I, I, th- I do think other players get uh, get motivated by that. And, and all the coaches, Mike, have talked about, uh, they have spoken to their teams about being much more vocal on the bench of being that crowd, of being the ones that to lift them up. Uh, Brad Stevens has, has even said, like, his team's he's got a lot of quiet guys. He goes, but he had to urge them to to be more talkative, uh, both on the floor and on the bench. So it's it's something that the coaches are all aware of. But it, it it's so different. I agree with you. When I'm watching the games in my hotel room when I'm not working, it, it's amazing how normal it feels. But when you get there, and, and the, here's the thing, Ten minutes before the game, you're sitting there ready to do the game. There's nobody in the building. It is so bizarre that it's so quiet before the games are being played um, that I, I think as a player, obviously I can't speak for them, but as a player, it just has to feel so different. And even in broadcasting the game, like at the end of that game the other night, you know, I was so fired up and excited about, about his basket, but you walk away wondering, okay, did, did that sound okay? Was it over the top? Was it not just because you're so used to having that crowd be a part of it. You know, I love to lay out and let the crowd be, you know, you know, bring it home, so to speak. And when they're not there to do it, it's just, you just, there's a, um, there's a hesitation about, okay, was that okay? Was that right? It's, it's, it's very, very strange to be in the arena before and, uh, and especially at big moments too, without hearing a crowd. Well, I will tell you, it is a great credit to all of you, literally everyone down there. I, I would, I would list them by name, but I don't know who they are. But whoever it is that is responsible for creating the atmosphere that these games are presenting on television has done a great job. It doesn't feel that different from watching a game under ordinary circumstances. All right, last thought, because I, I'm not a play-by-play man, but I have played a that role to some degree in talk shows for a very long time. I'm a show Mike and Mike on my show Get Up, and now 
not so much here, but um, but but I, I know what it's like when someone gets going in sort of a weird direction and you don't see it coming. And with that thought in mind, when Jeff Van Gundy goes on one of his tangents, I just wonder what thoughts go through your mind, because that, that's the way my mind works. So Van Gundy, who I find very funny, will he'll just start talking about something. And I say, I know this wasn't planned. I wonder what Breen is thinking. So now I have a chance to ask you, when Van Gundy starts going on one of these crazy tangents, what thoughts are actually going through your mind? There's, it, it depends on, on which way you think he's going. So there, there are two emotions. One is, was, um, is excited anticipation of something special, and the other is outright fear of <laughs> what's going to happen. Is he going to get himself in trouble? Is he going to get us in trouble? And that's the beauty of him. And, and you know, Mark, Mark is so great at, at egging him on, too, when, when we do the three of us together. Um, I, I must tell you, Mike, and I, I'm not saying this to, to try and be humble, but working with those two guys, it makes everything about my job easier and, and makes, you know, the ability to make a call at the end of a game easier. How many times have you heard a, a, um, a, a call of a big, big moment and you hear the analyst screaming sometimes over the play-by-play guy? And often it ruins the call because mm. and sometimes you can't blame the analyst. He's excited. Well, Mark and Jeff get just as excited of big play as I do, but they, they have such great self-restraint that they let me have that moment and, and do it and then go on. It sounds like a simple thing, but it's not. Um, so they're just, they're just the best to work with, whether it's that or whether it's Jeff going on one of his tangents because uh, he's just he's so smart and he's so funny that uh, the unpredictability is, is, is part of the charm. Mike, I've enjoyed this, and, and, and the games are great. Keep doing it, and thank you very much for taking a few minutes here. Stay healthy down there, and I will see you soon. Thanks very much, Mike Breen. I'll see you on the golf course. Oh, you got it. Okay, that is for sure. As soon as you get back, you call me. We talked about that recently, and we will get together for that. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, and that was Mike Breen with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Um, so very good there. Bruce Bowen is still to come. I have a few thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers that I'll get to as well. I will also mention that it's that time of year where the NFL is almost here and ESPN Fantasy Football is around the corner. You can draft your team, compete with your friends, and take home the crown. Sign up now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. All right, let us try something entirely new. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Okay, so this is something new. You let us know how it works. We're trying out new features here. I have three sound bites that I want to play for you, each because I find them interesting in their own way and each because I find them curious in their own way. Let's start with my friend Booger McFarland. He was on Get Up With Me this morning. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, who many people wonder if he is going to go on a scorched earth tour of the league this year. This after not only have a lot of people in the media written him off, Not only have a lot of fans written him off, but through their actions, not their words, but their actions, his own team has written him off, essentially, by drafting his heir apparent. Booger McFarland this morning had this thought. I just laugh at the fact that we are ready to throw this guy away, but down here in Tampa, Tom Brady's almost 50 years old, and we're like, the Bucs are going to have the best offense ever. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still, as Stephen A. says, a bad man, and um we all need to sit back and relax and understand that you're going to go through ups and downs in your career. But make no doubt about it, man. This dude is going to have a great year. Let's stop throwing an all-time great out the pasture at, what, 34, 35 years old? Come on, man. All right, so he's a little older than that. But, but the Booger's point is correct. 
which is that I believe Aaron Rodgers last year was not totally comfortable in his offense. He was still 26 touchdowns, four picks, over 4,000 yards, and his team went 13-3. and And by his standards, he didn't play well. Now he's mad. I believe he's going to have a huge year. The problem is his organization let him down again. It has been a total organizational failure that they have had the most talented quarterback that ever lived in Green Bay for the last 15 years, and they've only been to one Super Bowl. It is a further organizational failure that they have had first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play for the last 30 years, and they've only been to three and one, two. So they haven't done enough around him. Aaron Rodgers will do his part. I don't know that his team is going to be good enough this year for him to take them to the Super Bowl. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's been happening over and over and over again. But I believe Rodgers will have an enormous year. So that's my first cut. Second one, Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets, talking about his quarterback, Sam Darnold, talking about what he likes about Darnold. And then, as you will hear, he says the one thing that Darnold will have to do this year that makes 2020 different from any season in football history. You want to follow him, you know what I'm saying? You want to, like, listen to him and, and work hard for him. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of player you want. You know what I'm saying? Sam looks amazing this year. You know, it's going to be fun. We just got to make sure we stay healthy, man. I told him, I told him no bars. <laughs> stay out of bars. Le'Veon Bell is telling his quarterback, stay healthy, stay out of bars. Now, that's of particular interest, I guess, to Darnold and the Jets and their fans because Darnold had mononucleosis last year, but that obviously isn't the point and it isn't what Bell is talking about. This is a year unlike any we've ever seen because the most important quality of every player in the National Football League will be professionalism. Professionalism. How careful are they going to be? You're doing it for yourself, and you're doing it for your teammates, and you're doing it for the league. You're doing it for everyone. Because this genuinely is a situation where one or two players can screw it up for everyone. I'm old enough to remember there used to be a commercial where they would say he told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. And that, as we have learned, is how a pandemic works. Sam Darnold is not the only one. This is going to be for all of the players in the NFL. They're not in a bubble. And you can modify anything you want. The words modified bubble might as well be contradictory. They don't go together. You're either in a bubble or you're not. You cannot be in a modified bubble any more than you can be a little pregnant. You are either living in a place where you are surrounded only by people who are tested regularly, who are wearing masks, who are socially distancing, and who are not involving themselves with anything else, like they are in the NBA and the NHL, or you are not which is what they'll be in football. So I don't care how safe your facility is. These guys are living in the world, and as long as they're living in the world, they are vulnerable to any of their teammates' lack of professionalism. So the leadership in the locker rooms of veteran leaders putting guys up against a locker and saying, you're either going to do this for all of us or you're going to get the hell out of here is going to be the single most important quality in the entire NFL this year. One more for you. This is Bob Bowlesby. He is the commissioner of the PAC, excuse me, of the Big 12 Conference. He was on the flagship podcast, and he was talking about what is at stake if his conference doesn't play this year. If there is no college football in the fall, is it accurate to say there's probably no other sports for that academic year? I, I think that's probably right. Um, you know, there'll be some uh, 
conversation about that and, and uh, you know, likely a lot of institutional input. But uh, that that's uh, likely to be the circumstance, I think, based upon what I've heard from our, our campuses. So that's what's at stake. If they can't play football in the Big 12, they're not playing anything. So I understand that people don't like it when they talk about the money. And under no circumstances, none, should the money take precedent over the health and safety of the football players. None. But that's what the money is about. At the end of the day, the money, by and large, is not going to Bob Bowlesby's pockets, and it's not going to the pockets of the college presidents, and it's not going to the pockets of the coaches, and it's not going to the pockets. It's going to the school, and the school is a lot of things. So there were a lot of reasons to hope they can figure out a way to pull this thing off safely. You can't say enough times that if it isn't safe, it isn't even worth discussing. But if they can pull it off safety, safely, it will make a big difference to a lot of people beyond the obvious. Anyway, those are just a few of the thoughts that I wanted you to hear today. Hiring is challenging, especially with everything else you have to consider. But there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and that place is ZipRecruiter. You can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Enter my name. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Use my name in the address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Bruce Bowen will join me up next. And I'll tell you the one person who shouldn't even consider taking the Sixers coaching job. All that and more is on the way. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. We roll along, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And I turn to the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and I find one of my longest, oldest, and dearest friends, a man who has played more golf at my club than I have, the one and only Bruce Bowen on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Quick true story. I take Bruce out to play with me at my club in Connecticut. He befriends the guys that I play with, like him so much, but the next thing I know, I'm getting texts from Bruce saying, Greeny, where are you? I'm on the, I'm on the sixth tee right now at your club. <laughs> and so Bruce is playing more often at my club than I am. How are you, Bruce Bowen? Oh, Greeny, I'm so I'm good, my man. I'm good. It's good to be talking to you. It's good to see you in this format again as well. Yeah, I miss you, my man. Hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. And you were terrific on Get Up this morning. So for those who didn't see it, um, 
when the the Sixers fired Brett Brown yesterday, you sent me a note and say, I've got some stuff to say about this. And, and so I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it on TV. And you, you took it in a direction I was not expecting. So for those who didn't see it, go ahead. The floor is yours. What were your thoughts? My thoughts were the fact we don't hold basketball players accountable enough, Greeny, especially go-to guys. We talk about when a player is is waived, if he's, uh, if he's cut, you see a lot of players go to bat for those guys. Well, I'm going to go to bat for Brett Brown because I know that the diligence he put in in this process of his first four years there – how he was coaching and they were not winning, how he was trying to build the right type of environment for them to be successful. They get some top picks. Then all of a sudden you see what Joel Embiid can be. But at the same time, you see he doesn't have a love for the game. And whenever you have a player who does not have a love for the game or he's not vested in the process, coaches get fired. Each and every day. That's what happens. So how can we get more accountability towards the players so that when the coach does whatever he does, if it doesn't work, you can say, hey, well, you know what? They really need a new new voice. I understand that coaches get fired. I don't want people to get this misconstrued for it's just me taking up for Brett Brown. I'm putting the accountability on those players that they have as stars, and that's Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and we leave out Ben Simmons because he was hurt. But – you got to be able to have continuity on the floor. And every time you look at this roster, it does not scream out continuity to you. What it does scream out is a player in Joel's situation just having liberty to play when he wants, to do whatever he wants, and take advantage of the organization that way. You know, you played with one of the great leaders and great team guys of all time in Tim Duncan and won championships with him, of course, three of them in San Antonio. Um, what, in your view, I understand this is just your opinion, but what do you think is the most important lesson Joel Embiid could learn from Tim Duncan if he wanted to? Show up every day and put the work in, not just for yourself, not just for the material things, because all the material stuff is going to take care of itself. But it's about you making that guy who can't get a shot off on his own. It's about you helping him to get a shot because of the the awareness you bring about on the floor. On the defensive side, you have to be the anchor. You you are talented enough to be that anchor, but because it's not something that feels good, that's where we have the issue. And last but not least, be accountable and understand that you are in a position of authority. And in that position of authority, which is leadership, you're going to have to do things in, in, in some ways where it's not comfortable. So you want to tweet out that, you know, you guess you're a five man now or a, a stretch five. He did that two years ago. And my thoughts were, why would you tweet something like that? Instead of being accountable and saying to the coach, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm shooting too many threes. Oh, maybe the coach feels that way as well. And he wants you to be on the block. But when you're on the block, it takes effort. So be that consummate professional and help your team out and understand that it's not about your numbers, but it's about the whole group. I've seen it time and time again, Greeny. Obviously, I saw it with Tim Duncan being able to share the spotlight with, t- with players like David Robinson, uh, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. So it can be done, but it takes effort. Bruce Bowen is with me here. You know, as you're talking, it just I re- remembered um, some conversations you and I have had over the years about you, your legendary battles going up against Kobe Bryant. There wasn't anybody who probably defended him tougher 
than you did. And and it, it dawns on me it's probably a good idea to ask you for just a quick thought on that, maybe a quick remembrance of that as, as we all uh, took a moment on Sunday to commemorate his birthday and then yesterday, 824, the Mamba Day. Just a, a quick memory from you of what it was like going head-to-head with that guy. Hey, Greeny, it's still emotional to me um, because you see when you retire, that's the time you're supposed to really enjoy life. We talk about an individual that has such a passion about the game that every single year, you know, he was going to do something different to make himself better for his ball club. And I remember one year he bulked up. He had about 20, 20 pounds. And we're playing early in the season, and, and he gives me a shot one time, and we both kind of – I kind of back up, and he says, yeah, I'm thicker, ain't I? Yeah, Bruce, <laughs> I put on some weight this year, you know, so I'm going to bully guys like you. Now, that's him – being funny at the time, but I saw how he approached the game. However, he could try to get an edge. That's what he was about. And that's why, Greeny, you know, people talk about me being fun and loving and all that. But on the floor, I wasn't that way. I didn't want to be your friend. Kobe didn't want to be anybody's friend on the floor because it was about trying to get the most out of your talent, but also having an edge. If I was friendly with LeBron, Chris Paul, Melo, and all those guys, they would not have thought anything when it came to guarding or going up against me. I'm trying to make you think. I'm trying to have you on all P's and Q's and have an understanding that, hey, he might do this. He might do that. Or he's simply crazy. I don't <laughs> mind if you think I'm crazy because that's going to give me something. But at the same time, his just absorbing the game, ah, I, I tell you, man, I miss him. And obviously, I didn't talk to him every day. But the fact that you know the knowledge that he had, and and I'll share this last thing, Greeny. He's in San Antonio, makes his little farewell tour. And I go in the locker room with him. We're just sitting there in the first half just talking basketball. And he says, Bruce, we got to do a better job of teaching the younger generation. They come into the game not understanding how to pivot. They come into the game without the fundamentals. And that was something that, I'm I'm so on top of because I see it time and time again where it takes a player three years to finally get to a certain point and then he becomes a role player when in college and coming out of high school he was supposed to be broadcast as a guy that could do it all but because he skipped steps he wasn't able to. Bruce it's a great story and it's wonderful to hear you tell that I can tell how much it still means to you it's so good to see you again today thank you and as soon as this craziness is over, we will get together soon. I'll see you up here. Thank you, Bruce. Hey, love you, my man. Please tell the wife I said hello and keep fathering those kids, partner. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you. The great Bruce Bowen with me here on ESPN. He's as good as guy. As good a guy. I've 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 gotten to know a lot of players who had that kind of reputation. Anyone remembers Bruce? You know, he he was as tough a defender and just as tough a guy on the floor as there was. And in my experience, most of those guys, not all. Most of those guys tend to have been the nicest ones. They tend to be the nicest guys, the, the, the gentlest giants, if you will. Uh, but on the floor, I tell you, he gave no quarter. He took no quarter. He's the best. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Coming up next, I will tell you one person who shouldn't even consider taking the Sixers job, and then I'll tell you why. That's right after this. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, I got a little trivia for you here. You know, I love trivia. If you have listened to me over the years or watched my TV show, Get Up, you know I have sneaky hembo time. I love the trivia questions, and this is a good one. Going to give you a minute to think about it. LeBron James has had back-to-back games in which he has scored 30 points or more in the postseason. There are only two players in history who have had consecutive 30-point postseason games who were older at the time than LeBron is right now. Can you name them? The two players who are older than LeBron is right now when they had consecutive 30-point Playoff games. I'll give you that answer coming up in just a couple of minutes. Meantime, I'll tell you someone who should not take the 76ers job under any circumstances, and that's Jay Wright. And I should tell you that I like Jay very much. I know him um, when I did a podcast a couple of years ago, which I'm going to bring back this year, by the way, and we'll talk about that when we get a little closer to it. But I did these long interviews, and the very first one I taped was with Jay. And he was the defending national champ at that time at Villanova. They had just won their second. And we, we went to this Italian restaurant in Brooklyn where uh, one of his former team managers and, and assistants has now owns it. He owns this restaurant in Brooklyn, and that's where he wanted to do the interview. And we went there, and I got to spend time around him and around all of his guys, and I got to see what he's really about. And, and Jay Wright is exactly what you want him to be. And so what I mean when I say he shouldn't even consider taking the Sixers job is the world is a better place when people like Jay Wright are coaching in college. And I say the same thing about Mike Krzyzewski, and I say the same thing about Tom Izzo. NBA coaches are hired to be fired. They're hired to be chewed up and spit out. And I don't know why you would want the headache. Being a head coach in basketball, a college basketball coach, is such a better job than being an NBA coach. I mean, that's a, that's a school that won a national championship in one of the most famous games ever before he got there with the beloved Roly Massimino. But with Jay Wright, they're going to put his name on the court. They're going to name everything after him. He'll be there as long as he wants. And he gets to live in a town that he loves. Why would he ever consider leaving that? To go try and convince Joel Embiid to want to play hard? Are you out of your mind? That's a much better job. Being a big-time college coach is a way better job. Ask John Beeline. How much fun it is coaching in the NBA. Ask ask Rick Patino. Ask John Calipari. Not fun. Coaching the NBA, not fun. 
coaching in college, stay exactly where you are for every conceivable reason. Jay Wright should stay right where he is. I want to mention that my poll today was a runaway. By, by, by a margin of 72% to 28, I asked you on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny, if you could start a franchise with either Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo, who would you take? 72%, last I checked, and it was about to close, said Luka. Now, I'm the one who opened my very first show here saying that you open a team with Luka, you start a team with Luka. But here's my question. A month ago, would you have said it? And will you still say it a month from now if Giannis has a 40-point triple-double in the conference finals against Toronto and Luka's been home for three weeks? That's what I want to know because the Mavericks are going to get knocked out. The Clippers are going to beat them. It's not because Luka isn't brilliant. It's because he's the other team is better. So when we haven't seen Luka, just how much a prisoner of the moment are we with this kind of thought? When Giannis is still playing in three weeks and he's playing great and he's leading his team to the finals and we haven't seen Luka in three weeks and I put that same poll up, will it go 70-30 the other way? What do you guys think? Cliff, will it go 70-30 the other way? Will people vote the other direction? People vote the other direction. That's what I think too. That's what I think too. Stick with it. I mean, at, at, at this point, just remember, no matter how good, this is not a value judgment on Giannis. Giannis is tremendous. And he deserves the MVP votes he's getting. I believe LeBron should be the MVP this year. But Giannis, I'm going to make no complaints. The day it's announced that he's the MVP, you will not hear a peep of complaint from me on this show. Giannis deserves it too. And Giannis is a brilliant player and and immortal. He has a chance to be one of the all-time greats. But Luka is what the NBA has become and is going to be. He has the ball in his hands on every single play. If you're starting a team, you start it with Luka. Then I will mention two other things from the beginning of the show for those of you who joined me late. The Lakers have reestablished themselves as the clear favorite, not that they needed to. They played one bad postseason game because it was the first meaningful game they had played in five months. That woke them up, and since that time, they're blowing the doors off of Portland, and they won't look back. They're going to steamroll through the West if the Clippers don't get their act together. The Lakers, to me, are clearly the team to beat for the championship. And then the Greeny plan. A lot of people got mad at me yesterday because of what I said about the process. I hate the process because I hate organized tanking. Tanking is an, is, is an insult to fans and it is a scourge. And the best way to end tanking is to stop incentivizing losing. The NBA has done a really good job of, of attacking that. Adam Silver has begun that process. I've got a next step for him. Put 22 teams in the lottery. All those that miss the playoffs and the eight teams that lose in the first round and give them all the same chance of getting the first pick. Every single one of them has the same chance. One out of 22. And you pick it all randomly. And away you go. And then every single game that is played in the NBA, from the first game of the regular season to the seventh game of the finals, and every game along the way, inclusive of the first round, it is better to win than to lose. That should be the goal. The goal should always be to create a system where it is better to win than to lose. Every game that is played. All right, one final note before we run. Fascinating stat of the day brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I told you LeBron James has had consecutive games in which he has scored 30 or more in the playoffs. Elias tells us there are only two players in history to have consecutive 30-point playoff games older than LeBron is right now. I got one of them right and did not get the other. One of them is easy, I think. 
and that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The other one, not easy. I would not have gotten this. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, according to Elias, are the only players ever to have consecutive 30-point playoff games older than LeBron is now. Lots of fun today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for calling. Thanks for tweeting. Thanks for being a part of it. I will be back in Better Than Ever tomorrow morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN Forget Up and then right back here with you, same time, same place, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.